The Motivational Moments podcast is made possible by the generous sponsorship of Prime Information Security, online at www.primeinfosec.com, and with the support of our many subscribers. Thank you. This is Linda Ockwell Jenner with another Motivational Moments podcast. And today, in this um, new year, 2011, I'm very excited to be interviewing Cecil Hayes, who is um, the CEO and President of Spirited Leaders Corporation. Hi, Cecil. How are you today? I'm very well, Linda. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Well, I'm enjoying the new year already, and I'd like to wish you a happy new year. Thank you. Um, the, one of the reasons I'm interviewing you today, Cecil, is because um, we um, network a lot together, and I'm very, very interested in what your organization offers. But before we get into that, I'd like to ask you to go back in time to when you um, were either a high school student or when you were at university and ask what your goals and your, your thoughts were on your future career back you know, in those days. Sure, I'd love to take you back in time a little bit. Um, When I was in high school, actually, my expectation was I would be part of a family business. We had a a successful dairy farm in in, uh, central Ontario, and the expectation always was that I would take over that farming business. And it became obvious as the years went on um, through high school and early university that that wasn't something that I was going to do. Um, I always had an entrepreneurial um, mindset and an approach to running the business that way. So um, today, as the the owner of my own company, that's that's seeing some of those things come true. It took a bit of a journey to get here, and I spent 20 years in the corporate world doing a number of different things. But my expectation always was that that I would run a business for myself. That's excellent, but were your family um, kind of sad, not disappointed, but sad that you didn't want to enter the family business and kind of take it into the future? Yeah, I think that expectation is always there with the family business, and and we find that in the businesses we work with today as well, that the leading generation has a lot of plans for the following generation, and when those things don't uh, unfold the way they may have pictured it, there's always some disappointment there, to be sure. So I guess this is what has um, offered you um, all the experiences that you've gone through has offered you a chance to help other people, other entrepreneurs, um, when they come to you with um, with their questions and concerns. So if you could tell us a little bit about Spirited Leaders Corporation, um, when it got started, what, what you offer and that kind of deal. Yeah, certainly. I'd love to. Uh, Spirited Leaders was founded in 2009 by myself and my business partner, Rick Baker. And it was an outgrowth of another business venture that we were involved in together that was is a private equity um, business that uh, focuses on small companies. And it just became obvious as we worked with those companies that there were a lot of businesses that needed advice and guidance more than they needed an equity partner. And uh, also the uh, the trends that we were seeing, the issues that owners were dealing with were very similar across industries and across businesses that the business owners succeeded in the same space and, and struggled in the same spaces. So we have uh, a real desire to take the things that we've learned from the businesses we've been involved with, including our own businesses, and uh, share those ideas with other folks so that they can, they can learn from other people as opposed to having to go through everything themselves. 
that was the, the premise. Um, both of us have a real passion for teaching others and coaching and, and working with uh, with leaders of businesses and with folks who, who leverage their ability through other people. So what kind of um, small businesses do you help? I mean, is it IT primarily or is it, you know, some other area? Or is it every every kind of small business? Our focus is, is on the leader and on where they are at in their business more than it is the sector. So we've worked with clients in heavy manufacturing, in retail, in distribution. Uh, we're working with some clients now in startup businesses and also with some folks that have been in business for 60 years or longer. So it's not the sector that's that's the concern. It's really more where they're at in the, the life cycle of the business. So there are certain times that companies go through when they really can use an outside set of eyes to uh, to help them look at opportunities and problems and, and find the best way forward. And uh, we're really looking for, for leaders of organizations who see the key to the business success is, is their self-improvement and their ability to lead their team. And that's more important to us than the sector that they're in. So um, I guess one of my questions would be, what defines a leader or a good leader or a sensible leader? Would you say there are some attributes needed for for that kind of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The, the simplest definition is a leader has to have at least one follower. So if you think you're leading people and you turn around and look and there's no one behind you, you may just be out for a walk. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that, like that's that. something that, that we see is, is people need to uh, see something in you that, that uh, motivates them to follow you. Yeah. Uh, but across the board with leaders, there's um, there's one, uh, an understanding and a belief that they can't accomplish very much as an individual person or by yourself, that it takes a team around you to get there. Uh, and leaders are, are folks who have a vision, so they can they can see the future, they can see where they want to go, and uh, and put a plan in place to get there, and that uh, really causes folks to want to follow them and get on board with with that vision. Wow, that's that's really well put. Can you think of anybody off the top of your head, um, somebody famous, who who is in your eyes, uh, deemed to be a, a great or a good leader and making a, a very successful, you know, job of it? Well, I think when we, we look in business sector, you know, there's, there's CEOs of a lot of companies that are doing a great job of leading. Um, there's certainly the obvious ones that, that everyone looks to, like Jack Welsh um, from General Electric. He's retired now but has done a wonderful job of leading an organization to, to um, success. Um, I look at some motivational leaders that uh, that do a lot of work in teaching that, that do a wonderful job of um, really articulating what it is that makes them successful. And Stephen Covey is, is one of those mm-hmm. mentors of mine that I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate the way that Stephen interacts with folks and uh, and teaches them, but in a, in a way that brings them along and makes them feel like, like he's really um, interested in their success, not just there to tell them what he knows. Um, there's a there's an empathetic side to uh, the way that Stephen delivers his messages, whether it's in writing or on video or live, that uh, that really comes through consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, there are leaders who who shall be nameless who are successful and not really respected, but I guess because they have made a great success of whatever the organisation may be, they do have leaders. So. Is that to do with the fact that they are making lots and lots of money and employing lots and lots of people 
that that people lead them and if that's so can can we learn from those kinds of leaders i mean will we learn bad traits or well, I think that there's elements of leadership that come through, and it's interesting that you brought that up. We actually, uh, as part of our workshop series, we have a workshop coming up next Thursday that looks at values and shared values of leaders uh, within the organization. And one of the things that we see in, in companies is um, the key to success, at least short-term success, is about shared values and the ability to communicate those values. That often is more important than uh, than what the values are. So we can put lots of examples out of people whose values that we may not agree with or the general public um, doesn't appreciate the values of the leader or the organization, and yet those organizations have success in the short term. Uh, I think one of the companies that's most written about and talked about in that vein is Enron. Prior to um, to the fall of Enron, there were some very, very explicit values and mindsets communicated within that organization with their leadership team that talked about the way that they interacted with competitors, the way they interacted with clients and suppliers, as opposed to the way they treated each other internally. And most of us looking at that would say that there was a real failure in values there, and yet the company was able to have a lot of success in the short term because everyone was bought into the same vision and, mm-hmm. and was pushing in the same direction. And certainly we've seen that with, with world powers and, and dictators and, and people that we would look at in history and say, you know that that's not a very nice person, or their their um, their values don't fit with society, and yet they've had some success. Mm-hmm. Um, often that success is short lived, and uh, when you look back at it historically, the fall is is often greater than the than the success that was achieved. Um, but the key really is they've been able to rally people around them and and pull to a common goal. I, I agree with you entirely, and. Um, as a business development coach, I, I often um, advise you know the people I deal with. Yeah, you can have short-term goals, but you also have to plan very, very carefully for the for the long-term goals as well. Because if you just keep thinking short-term, as you say, you'll fall, and the fall will be quite you know nasty. So I'm looking at your website now, and I love the way um, it's under who we are. Spirited Leaders is comprised of sealer entrepreneurs, experienced business leaders, and this is my favorite, blue sky philosophers. <laughs> I love that. But please, you know, for our listeners, what is a blue sky philosopher? Well, a lot of it has to do with a, a mindset of optimism um, and, and a positive attitude. Um, when I think of, of blue sky philosopher or blue sky thinking, um, it's not being limited by what's in front of you or by your past experiences and, and coming up with ideas and approaches to things, um, but always believing that there's there's a way out. Uh, one of our philosophies is summed up in a formula, which is P equals 2S plus O. And what that means is that every problem um, is equal to two solutions and, and quite often a good opportunity. So when we approach things that are deemed as problems, we don't see those as negative things necessarily, but as something that... Uh, that can be solved, and that often great opportunities are embedded within within business problems that folks have. Um, one of the things that we found, just on the note of positive, um, in our marketing research and the, and the things that we do, and particularly in this community, a lot of things in the media are put out there um, in general with a negative spin on it because it it gets ratings. Um, but when we send out messages and call people to action, what we found is a positive message will outdraw a negative message by a huge percentage. 
Um, so for example, if we send out an invitation to an event and we have all the same information and, and change the heading and on one article have a positive um, message in the in the headline and then the other one have a, a message of fear, doom and gloom, the positive message will outdraw eight to two or, or four to one the um the response as far as people being called to action. So yep, I think people in general are motivated by sense. positive things. So why? I guess because um, newspapers obviously have to sell the news, but wouldn't it be better long term if the newspapers tried to, to, to publish more good news versus more bad news, or would people just stop buying the newspapers? Well, well, I believe I believe that um, to point. Out, I don't buy newspapers, and, and neither Rick or I read the paper. And, and often people will say to us, "Well, how do you stay current?" And, and we select the things that we uh, we read within business, and, and we certainly keep up to date with what's going on in different ways. But I intentionally don't uh, don't follow mass media as follows as reading the local paper or, or watching the local news on a regular basis or the national news. Um, because I find that the the stories are often framed in a way to catch an audience rather than tell the story, and uh, and it puts me in a bad mood for the day. So I tend mm-hmm. to avoid it and and focus on positive messages. I agree with you again. I'm agreeing with you too much. I'm getting worried now. So this is why we need <laughs> this is why we need organisations such as yours. So has it been easy building a successful business? And I know you're going to be honest because you're honest every time we speak. Um, have you had challenges building a successful business? And if so, could you kind of give us an idea what kind of challenges you've come across? Well, absolutely. Anytime you're starting a new business, I think it's no different for us than it is for the folks that we help. Um, one of the key, two things that, that always happen, I think, is things happen much slower than you would have planned in the beginning. And and oftentimes the, the business can grow to a point that's much larger than you ever envisioned in in the initial planning stages, um, but certainly it is a challenge to start a new endeavor, a new um, a new business or initiative, and uh, attract people that are uh, good long-term clients that you're doing things with, and uh, and get your awareness out there as far as what it is that you can do to create value for folks. So um, you know, we we have the same challenges that every business has in terms of business development and marketing and attracting clients that really fit with what it is that we're trying to do. Um, the other thing I think is true is it's always a lot easier to look at someone else's business than it is at your own. And one of the things in our business that's very transparent is the things that we ask folks to do in their business, if they check our business, they, they need to see the same discipline and the same approach to planning and strategy and and um, having a systematic effort to accomplishing things that we ask them to do. So we have to make sure that we're taking the time to uh, to put the building blocks in place for our business that we ask other folks to do. And uh, sometimes it's it's tough to deliver on what you teach. It, it is, but, and um, um, knowing my history, you obviously know as um, a two-time breast cancer survivor, the joy for me, the thing I'm most passionate about of all my keynotes is, you know, talking about living a healthy lifestyle and how it can benefit you. But then people will look at me and go, well, if that's what you did and you got breast cancer twice, what is the point? So sometimes it's hard to lead by example, but I will clarify that and say, well, at least I'm alive to tell the story. So my immune system was tough enough to fight the cancer. That's that's my own view anyhow. So in your case as well, by, by practicing what you 
you preach and, and your client's seeing that this is how you've become successful, then that offers a trust, doesn't it, to your clients? Yeah, I think it would be a pretty hollow instruction that people are to come and look at our business and, and not find the building blocks in place that we tell them are necessary for success. Um, <laughs> do you it, ever it's a very difficult message to, to put across. <laughs> do, do you ever um, have to turn clients away because you feel that you know they're not the right kind of clients that will maybe look at what you've got to offer in the correct way, or you're not going to be able to help them because there's a clash of personalities or something like that. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. We we have we have told folks that we didn't think that it was a good fit for us to work with them, and we also put out a uh, a money back guarantee um, with all of our clients that if they're not finding value in dealing with us, or they don't feel that our style of teaching or, or communicating or working fits with what they're trying to accomplish, that they should ask for their money back and and not spend their time working with us. Um, I'm happy to say we haven't had cashed in on that guarantee very often, um, <laughs> but certainly there are different learning styles out there, and some people just won't fit with our style. And if that's the case, we're never going to add value to them, and that's that's not a good use of their time or ours. So we have had a number of clients that we've uh, we've shortened our relationship with them and said, you know what, this just isn't isn't a good fit for you or for us, so let's not do this any longer. And we've had some folks up front that we've we've talked to and and heard what they were expecting from a relationship and told them that that they probably should be speaking with someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very honest. I guess this is why you have such fantastic um, credibility and reputation. So um, how do you find your clients? What is your favorite way to find clients? Do you cold call people on the phone? Do you network face-to-face? Are you on social media? Well, my abs. I, the easiest is when they call me. So that's always that's always the number one great thing is when people find us. Yeah. Um, the the best source of clients for us has certainly been through referral and through relationship, and um, and we have a philosophy called clients clients that we've we put out there, and part of that is actually introducing new clients to our customers or our clients, and having other folks do the same thing, and that's. That's always a great thing because your clients and suppliers know you the best, so there's always a good fit there as far as whether you can help the person or not. Um, so we we put a lot of effort into um, into a two-way relationship there that that leads to us having clients from people that we know. Um, but the way that we accomplish that is through networking. I know that's certainly something that you're um, very focused on and, and committed to is not only through um, social media but face-to-face networking. Uh, spending time with people and really genuinely showing that you're interested in them and that you're you're desiring their success is, mm-hmm. is an important thing. And we we spend a lot of time doing that, um, intentionally networking with folks, um, with the goal of building business relationships, mm, but not going yeah, into a networking situation looking for a sale. Yeah, 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 and and that's that's the way I like to do it. And believe it or not, I wish it was as easy in all types of business to, to, to build a relationship and do that. One example would be uh, myself and my husband are looking to revamp our kitchen and do some renovations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't actually network with any, you know, kitchen renovators or whatever you want to call them. I haven't come into contact with any of them. So trying to find someone who's reputable, who've 
been referred to me, I um, took to Facebook and basically said, can anybody refer them to me? But then I want to get to know them, so I may offer them a cup of tea when they come round and give me the quote, and if I don't feel comfortable with them, I guess I'll have to say you're not right for me because they are not going to take, what, a couple of months to get to know me, are they? And say, well, are we the right... That It's not how it works, which is very, very sad, but I, I do understand the concept. Um, do you feel when someone starts a new business, um, you know, a newbie entrepreneur or whatever, that they do need a lot of capital to get started or is it possible to kind of build the foundations without having all that, you know, money behind you? Well, it depends on the type of business that you're building, whether it's capital intensive or not. Um, certainly we've seen a lot of businesses have a, a difficult time because they're undercapitalized. And uh, that can that can really stall growth for folks, particularly if they've got um, expensive manufacturing requirements mm. or or the need to to create prototypes that are expensive. Um, but for many businesses, I, I think waiting for capital uh, detracts them from success as well. Mm-hmm. One of our other um, often used philosophies or quotes is lead with revenue, and it's often misunderstood by people, but the whole philosophy there is that if you have something of value, your clients will actually fund the growth of your business. And what does uh, what does that mean to to people who are not quite as as savvy yeah. as us? Well, it, it's important to get out there with your ideas, I think, and talk to ideal clients or, or probable clients and and get an answer from them. If you know, if I develop this product, is it something that's of interest to you? Mm. And is it of enough interest to you that? Uh, that at this stage in time it would give me a purchase order to create it um, mm-hmm. in its simplest form. But uh, often people spend a ton of time in the laboratory, for lack of a better mm-hmm. um, word, yeah. perfecting something, and they haven't really ever checked to see if there's someone out there who will buy what they're creating. Um, and we see it with um, technology companies often, that people will spend hours and hours in writing code and creating mm-hmm. product and then find out that the marketplace isn't ready for it. Or <laughs> it's been ready for it for a while, and somebody's been and done it, and that's too right. And it, it's already out there, absolutely. Yeah. So that's we're we're point. big believers in partnering with clients and, uh-huh. and having them uh, agree that they're looking for something. Um, but often those um, partnerships or marketing alliances will allow you to grow your business very quickly with with limited amount of capital. Mm-hmm if you can create the sales early on in the process. So it's building the relationship of trust again and, and you know, exhibiting a desire to help. Now, um, your organization, do you have clients worldwide? Um, it's interesting. I'm working with my first international client right now. I was introduced through a network. Um, a, a good friend of mine has a um, a brother in England who's mm-hmm. starting a uh, an online business, distribution business, and uh, we're speaking right now about ways that we can help him grow his business. Wow. And that will be our first international client. So I'm quite excited to get uh, past the point of actually delivering some service there so we can say that we are international. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a big stepping stone for us. Our focus has certainly been you know, sort of within a two-hour range of Kitchener-Waterloo. Uh-huh. And largely that's because that's where our where our network is and the folks mm-hmm. that know who we are and and expect some delivery of value from us. So the internet has definitely opened up the, you know, the world. And basically, in your kind of business in particular, there's no reason why you can't get more international clients. Well, 
people are much more comfortable um, communicating in different ways now, whether it be um, a video conference or a conference call um, over the phone, email mm-hmm. communication. So that face-to-face meeting is is ideal for many of us, but it's it's less of an important factor, mm-hmm. I think, for people as they get more comfortable with technology. I agree. Um, I think those changes often take a, a generation when I look at um, Rick Stone works with us, and he's uh, in his late 20s, and he's an IT um, specialist, and he's much more comfortable, not only because of his field, but just his generation with with dealing with people not face-to-face in a virtual setting. That, that definitely makes sense. Looking at your website, even though we already know this because obviously we network together, you do an awful lot for the local community. Um, you give back a lot to the local community, um, local churches, you know, stuff like that. Um, I guess you've always been like this. You're not just helping people now because you want them to think you're a good guy. Well, I, I would like to think we're I'm, I'm doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> I'm so um, mean. <laughs> but it's... I guess I can fall back on history there and say that I've been involved in things for for a long time. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just I get a real thrill out of out of um, helping people succeed, and that's what our business is about. But in the, within the community, there's so many folks that that are doing good things and good things for the community, and uh-huh. and we're all better off if that that community is healthy. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I've long believed is the easiest way to improve a, um, the average of something is to to raise the bar by by um, helping the folks at the bottom end of it. Mm-hmm. And we see that often in uh, in economic situations as far as uh, people in our community that aren't as fortunate as we are. If they get a hand up there, it's a, it's a dramatic change in their life that can happen fairly oh, quickly. I know. So. That, that's, and people need the help when they need the help. And I found in business more often than not that people are less likely to help a new business because they can't see the value in it, you know, what, what's in it for me. But if we do help, you know, people when they need the help and not not when we see that they are successful, it, it, it definitely is worthwhile. So I'm very like you that, you know, mm-hmm. I love to give help to people and help the community. So I hope you're not a workaholic and I hope you're going to tell me that you have some spare time for your family and friends also. Well, I, I, I don't know. If you ask my wife, she might tell you I am an alcoholic. I'm not, not an alcoholic. I'm, alcoholic. <laughs> I'm actually an abstainer for the most part. So, um, but um, oh, you are funny. But I do spend a lot of time in the community. I've uh, I really enjoyed as our kids have grown up the opportunity to get involved with the things that they're doing. It's just a natural way to spend more time with them. Um, but through uh, through some of the interests of my kids, I've been able to coach sports and and be involved in some international mission trips with young people and do some things oh. that way that uh, you know relationship with relationships with young folks keeps you young I think but it's <laughs> such a, yeah. a rewarding thing to spend time with with teenagers and kids and and see the way that they embrace possibilities so um I spend a lot of my my free time doing that sort of thing But for you alone, not for your wife, not for your children, not for your friends, not for your business, what do you do for you? Do you like to read, listen to music, have a a long sleep on a Sunday, eat lots of cream cakes? (laughs) I mean, we all need some me time, don't we? Hey, anybody who's seen me in person knows that eating is well well up there (laughs) on the things that I enjoy to do and cooking, so that's a good thing. Oh, that's good, because we all Um, need some me time, don't we? Absolutely. 
I I really enjoy um, you know you talk about reading and whatnot. I enjoy learning, but I've I've become a huge fan of audio learning. I'm one of the few people that's that's probably an, an audio learner, a communicator mm-hmm. by trade, as opposed to a visual learner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really enjoy listening to audios, whether it's podcasts such as the the things that you record or mm-hmm. audio tapes and books and, and that sort of thing. I just when I can hear the, particularly if the author is also the reader, if I can uh-huh. hear their voice, I, I feel like I'm picking up a yeah. another level of understanding there. So I enjoy doing that. And as I, as we talked about, I, I really enjoy doing some community-based things. And uh, that's often a fun time for me that's a recharge and a rewarding thing, whether it's through the church or through the community with Rotary to to be able to have some fun with some other folks. And do you ever get stressed? I mean, I know you're a guy, and most guys that go, no, I don't get stressed. But, I mean, being honest, do you ever feel that you're stressed? And if you do, how do you deal with it? Uh, not as much as I did when I was younger. I, I, I don't believe I've... I really tend to uh, to leave things at, at... Not at face value, but mm-hmm. I can, uh, can leave business at, at work when I go home if That's I need good. to do that and detach and... And I'm not someone who worries about things that I can't control. So that, that's I think wonderful. when I get stressed is if if I'm not taking the steps to do the things that are within my own control, and that's that's self-inflicted to a certain extent. But <laughs> so I'd I like do to... sleep well at night, though, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'd like to ask you if you have three tips, t- three pieces of wisdom that you'd like to share with us all that that can help people who are listening to us now, whether they are still at high school, whether they're in college or university, whether they are building a small business, three tips that you could offer us that may be useful to help us, you know, become as successful as you are? Just three, Linda? (laughs) (laughs) Don't be greedy. (laughs) Don't be greedy. I only have three. But I think the biggest thing, especially for young folks that might be listening to this, is, is follow your passion. Uh, you know, we're all wired in particular ways, and, and other people do have expectations for us. But if if there's things that you're passionate about and you've spent time understanding yourself, um, you need to follow your passion. And that doesn't always mean quitting your job or walking away from from things that you're involved with. Often it's it's just um, feeding that passion in the situation that you're in and, and letting it grow over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be afraid of change. So for young folks, it may be not being afraid to change a major in school or, or to change jobs. Um, for those of us who are uh, longer in the tooth, you know, change <laughs> comes in a lot of different ways. But I think mm-hmm. there's opportunity within change, and, and often people get um, caught up in, in leaving the known, mm-hmm. and they really miss out on some great things by doing that. Um, so that's those are two things from a, maybe a practical perspective. And the other one, tying back to our conversation on networking, is be yourself and be genuine. Mm. You know, you made a, a, a little quip earlier about you do all the community things so that you can get business. And, <laughs> um, you know, if it's always a means to the end, um, people see through that very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, as important as networking and those things are, you need to find a space where you're comfortable mm-hmm. and you can be honest with people and, and really be yourself in order to get the results that you're looking for in networking. But the the result really should be enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. the relationships with people and the opportunity to experience new things is life can be a, a short short exercise for some of us. <laughs> and you need to really make the most of it. And and I know that's something that you've talked to me about with your um your fight with breast cancer and being able to uh overcome that that you mm-hmm. really appreciate every day and love it to its fullest. Oh yeah. And I think if people could could embrace that message before it becomes their own reality and just mm-hmm. 
spend time doing the things that they enjoy, that they get the reward that they're looking for there. Because we are very um, blessed in our lives, especially, you know, we live in Canada. We, we live in a wonderful country, lots of freedom, lots of opportunities. But when we look at other countries that are not so wealthy and have lots of wars and hunger and, and stuff going on, we want to help them, obviously. But we sometimes don't realize how lucky we are and we don't count our blessings. And, mm. you know, coming into contact with people like you, um, who you are very genuine, you are very giving, you are very, you're a lovely, lovely person. It's a joy to me, and I count my blessings when I meet someone like you because obviously we have to do business with people sometimes who are not exactly the same as us and not maybe as, as giving and caring as us, but we still like to help them. But it's really a joy when I come in to connect, you know, connect with people such as yourself because it brightens up my day. It brightens up my day and I walk away smiling and smiling leads to laughter and laughter's healthy. <laughs> That's great. I certainly appreciate the things that you do as well and it's it's always cool. a pleasure to spend time with you. It's interesting you talk with dealing with people you don't like. Jeffrey Gittimer has a, a line he uses all the time and it's um, people, all things being equal, people like to deal with friends. All things being not quite so equal, people still like to deal with friends. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so cute. Just so people know how to contact you, I'd love you to share with us um, website addresses. Um, you know how we can contact you, and for the local people who live, you know, close enough in the Waterloo region, if you have any events coming up, you know, how can they find out about those also? Well, absolutely. The, the easiest way is, is to go to our website, which is spiritedleaders.ca. And uh, right on our homepage there, there's some links to events and certainly opportunities to click there and email me directly or Rick directly through the email site or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. So if you go to the website, that's one-stop shopping to connect with us that way. Mm-hmm. We do have a, uh, a workshop that we mentioned in the interview coming up on January 13th, which is a week from tomorrow, okay. and that's focusing on the uh, leader's values and how those impact business decisions and, and the success of your business. And that's part of a, a six-part series that we're doing. So folks are more than welcome to attend one session or, or attend the whole series. And it's a great chance to network with some other business leaders that are working on the same things that you are. So we'd love to see you on the 13th of January. Wow, that's or excellent. Or have an email from you or a phone call anytime. Wow, that's excellent. Well, um, I'd like to thank you for your time because I know you're a busy guy and I really, really appreciate you taking the time today to, to let me interview you. And um, we do have, uh, you know, global sub- subscribers who who listen to the podcast. I think at the last count we had about just over 12,000 listeners, which I am forever grateful for that people want Very to listen. Very well done, Linda. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know what? Um, we're coming up to our 100th podcast in a couple of weeks, and I'm trying to think of some way we can celebrate it. So I'd love to invite everybody I've, I've interviewed over the years, but I don't think that's going to be possible. So we're thinking of a way to celebrate that, but thank you. Um I've been podcasting now for a long time, but I find it fun. I don't find it work, and I only actually do it when I'm passionate about pod, you know, a subject or interviewing someone. So I haven't been in a race to do the most podcasts or interview the most people, and that why that's why I think it's successful. People know, you know, we do it because we love to, you know, to help people and share the knowledge. So maybe we'll invite you back, you um, maybe you or maybe Rick in about six months' time, like I say with everyone, 
and see how your events have been going and how the first part of the year has panned out and um, maybe you can share some more of your wisdom with our listeners. Oh, I look forward to it, Linda. That's great. And thank you for selecting me for a podcast. I feel honored. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. And no doubt you and I will see each other over the next couple of months at various events. And until then, enjoy your, your time today and the rest of the week and stay happy and healthy. Thank you very much, Linda. Have a great day. Bye for now.